The Real Hustle Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Chris Kivlin. Real hustle, real people, real results. You can help support our podcast by checking out our Real Hustle gear. We have t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, hats, and more. The Real Hustle gear is great for the gym or even a night out on the town. Let everyone know that you are a real hustler willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. You can check us out right now at realhustle.com. And right now we're offering all of our listeners 10% off when you use the promo code podcast at checkout. Once again, that is podcast to receive 10% off your entire order. Realhustle.com. What's up, everybody? Chris Kiblin here over at the Real Hustle Podcast. Hope you're having a great day. So we have a special guest in the house today. We have Asaf Agbard, right? Is that, that Did I pronounce that correctly? Uh, Asif. Yes. Asif. Asif Akbar. Okay. So how are you doing today? Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad right. to be on. I appreciate you coming. So you have a pretty big movie getting ready. Now, is the movie out or is it coming out? Um, the movie is actually out. It came out on January 7th in North America um, in limited theatrical release and all VOD and digital. So it's available anywhere you can buy or rent movies right now. So why don't you tell me a little bit about Commando and what it's about and how that got started? Um, yeah, so it's um, it's a movie that we shot over during the pandemic in uh, October of 2020 and uh, on location in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And it's about a uh, DEA agent that comes back home from a botched mission that goes wrong. And there's some, um, you know, innocent um casualties uh during the crossfire of james baker that's played by michael j white and the bad guys and so after that a mission fails he comes back with ptsd and the film is mostly about how uh this individual who's our hero has the vulnerability uh, of you know ptsd and dealing with it not only himself but how his family is dealing with it and how um he's seeking help to get better and in the meantime there's this uh outside threat and danger that comes into his and his family's lives because um of our main villain uh, that's played by mickey rourke the character johnny he uh is an ex-convict who recently gets out of prison and come to find out he had stashed millions of dollars in the walls and floors of this home that uh, currently, you know, James and his family resides in. It used to be Mickey's old home before he went into the pen. So now he comes out, he wants to go retrieve his money, and in the way is uh, this ex-commando DEA agent, James Baker, who has to save his family. So it gets, um, you know, exciting with the action, but our goal was to make it more of a crime thriller home invasion movie that focuses on the whole issue of PTSD. That's a very, you know, real issue in our society that a lot of people deal with. And we wanted to send the message that no matter how big and tough you are, you can get help. It's okay to seek help and also involve your family in the process because at the end of the day, uh, you know, your family deals with it just as much as you do just being around it. Got you. Okay. And then did I read that correctly? You were, you're the writer and the director of this? Um, I was one of the story writers. Uh, the screenplay was written by uh, Koji, Stephen Sakai. And also the story was written by myself, Al Bravo, and Koji. 
Uh, it was a collaborative process, and um, uh, you know, I was one of the producers on it as well. Uh, the action director on it was um, uh, Phil Tan, who's one of my other producing partners, and you know, we we've been doing a lot of projects together. It's it's a good you know film family group that we have. Uh, where we've been uh, working a lot together and, and just creating content throughout the pandemic. So what was it like working in the pandemic like that? Because I'm sure it was tough, right? I mean, doing everything that's going on. Um, no, most certainly. I mean, there have definitely been changes and we've had to adapt into how we make these movies. And, you know, your schedule gets tighter and tighter. And, um, you know, the safety uh, protocols that are in place um, must be followed. I mean, safety is priority. It's number one for us at all times. And um, there are definitely some challenges, but we've come to kind of adapt and go with the punches and, and keep making movies. I mean, we've been making a lot, been blessed to be working throughout this time, um, but it's not stopping us. You know, I think we just have to kind of adapt with it and, right, and figure it out. Working. So let's let's back up a little bit because you you've known for a long time from me reading a little bit about you that you wanted to be in this type of business. So why don't you give give me kind of a backstory of how this how you got into acting and how you got into doing what you're doing? So yeah, I mean, I, ever since I can remember, as far back as like three four years old, I always knew I wanted to make movies. I didn't know exactly how. I was going to do that at the time, obviously, but as I've matured and and with my fascination of making movies, I started learning more and more about all the different elements and positions that require to bring a movie together. At first, I thought it was just the actors, you know, because they're the face of uh, what we watch. And so I thought these are just, uh, you know, people that are playing all these different characters that are just telling stories in front of us through this TV, but uh, as I matured and started learning more of what a writer's job is, director's job is, producer, cameraman, like you know, the, the all the different aspects of of the departments, I started growing uh, more fascinated towards uh, behind the scenes and uh, you know making the film come together and not just being the actor who's you know a lot of times unfortunately their actors are treated like pawns and robots. And I take a completely different approach um, to it as a director, and I'm sure some other directors do as well. But in most cases, you see directors are trying to dictate actors or even a lot of the crew and the department heads on what they want and exactly how they want it. They feel like it's only their vision and their movie. But I look at filmmaking as a collaborative process in a whole with everyone involved from all the department heads, the actors. I mean, they're all there with their professional expertise. If you're going to pick the crew and actors you want to work with, you have to also be able to trust them and let them bring their skill set to the table and collaborate and, and listen and, and let them be artists uh, as they are rightfully so. So I love that whole process of uh, filmmaking and I've gotten, uh, you know, a chance to learn a lot of the departments and a lot of the work that goes into it from an early age to be able to respect that. And so I started off acting as a child actor. I did theater. I did some TV work as I was growing up. And then into my teenage years, 
um, I started just making my own content, you know, with friends, family, and, you know, colleagues. And then um, some of my stuff started going on live TV around the age of 15, 16. And I just kept going with it, kept making content, turned it into my education, got a degree in film and television and, and just uh, kept networking and making more stuff. And it opened more and more doors for me. Was it difficult going through all that, learning all that, and like you know? You know. Yeah, it's. I mean, one thing I've learned is uh, for sure, patience is a virtue. It takes uh, a lot of trials and errors and time to, you know, even get to the position I'm currently in, and I'm still, you know, just getting started. I feel like I've been doing this for 15 plus years, and still feel like I'm just getting started. And it's exciting because you have to have that mindset of always being a student of life in this field and you can always be learning and growing from every project to project and it's very true i mean even the greatest filmmakers they're still learning today after doing it for 40 50 years and once you have that mindset i think it it just uh frees up your mind and and it's not as stressful like i don't go in making a movie thinking like oh i'm gonna win the oscar with this if it goes that far, if it does well, if the people love it, then great. That's a bonus. But I'm just here to do my job, tell the story with the resources and what I have to work with, you know. And uh, at the end of the day, we have to remember we're in the film business. It's a business. And just like any business, you have to deliver a product on time, on schedule, under budget. So a lot of times, you know, we have limitations. But at the end of the day, you have to get it done and deliver that's awesome. So, and then you worked with Mickey Rourke, and I was doing a little bit of research about him. What's it like working with him? Because he was what in Iron Man two, the wrestler. I found out he's. Yeah. A, I never knew he was a boxer. He was an amateur boxer. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that was his passion, and and you know, God bless him. He he's had a tremendous career. He's a legend in his own right, and uh, working with him is is really. Um, a great collaborative process. He loves to collaborate. He loves to bring his talent uh, to the table to be able to do what he does best. And and when you get an actor like Mickey Rourke, you 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 know that uh, only he can pull off some of the things that he does. I mean, that, that's what you get when you hire Mickey Rourke. You get Mickey Rourke, and it's it's a very unique individual. So you have to let him kind of be free to do what he brings to a table that's unique. Uh, and I've worked, I, I, I know a lot of people that have worked with him as well in the past and, and they've tried to get him to follow the script or read the script to the T to the word, like word by word. You have to say it like that with an actor like him, you can't treat him like a robot. That's another thing is that you have to let him improvise a bit. You have to let him make the character his own. And that's exactly what he did. And, and I, had a lot of fun seeing that come out of him on set. And there would be times where I'd be like, all right, Mickey, this is how I envisioned it. Let's try it this way. Um, but what do you think? How would you do it? And then he would give an idea and we'd meet in the middle and he would do it. And then maybe he'd try something different while we're doing the take and it actually just worked. So sometimes maybe it didn't, but we made it work. So it was a nice collaborative process that he was open to, I was open to. And um, with the time we had, we made it very efficient because, you know, we had very, very limited time. I shot the whole movie in 11 days 
and he was on it for two. And so it was, you can imagine too, you know, and when you watch the movie, you'll see he's in it quite a bit. And, and for the limited time we had, I think he did a tremendous job. He brought it his all. So you, you shot the whole movie in 11 days? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And that was one of the, you know, challenges we had, um, you know, making a movie like this during the pandemic. And believe it or not, a lot of productions, you know, we're just having to cut down on those shooting schedule because every day you're on set, it's a liability. It's a risk that, you know, you could get COVID shut down and, you know, we follow the rules very tightly and we do sad movies. So it's, um, it's something that we just have to kind of adapt to now with trying to keep schedules tighter. And I'm not saying every movie's 11 days that that one just happened to be, but we're looking at 15 days, 18 days, you know, barely 20 day schedules, um, which uh, it's a lot to cover. That's awesome. So how do you guys come up? I mean, as far as like your, how do you pick the actors or how do you kind of figure that out? Like who's going to be in your movie? Um, you know, the, every project is different and, and depending on the genre, depending on, you know, obviously the characters, we, we have a short list of, you know, a wish list of, of actors we would want and, um, you know, actors that we know we can approach or we have access to or have worked with in the past. Um, in this case, for the James Baker role, uh, Michael J. White was actually our first choice uh, to approach and, and he liked the script. And, um, you know, it just kind of all fit into place uh, from there. And then we also had, um, uh, in Mickey's role, originally it was going to be Randy Couture. But unfortunately, he had gotten into an accident um, at that time where he was injured from the ATV accident. And that opened up the time for us to, at that time, I was involved in another project with Mickey. So I just kind of made the call and said, hey, Mickey, uh, you know, we have this role open. And which I thought he fit the role. So it just worked out with the timing to where he was able to kind of fill that spot and uh, make it happen. And, and in hindsight, I think it all worked out for the better, you know, as it usually does. Um, so, yeah, it just kind of all came together very quickly. In fact, um, uh, the whole movie, I think, came together within three, four months, you know, once we got everything going. That's awesome. So what gave you guys the idea for the movie? What was that? Was that just to talk about the PST um, or was that yeah, it was actually the original concept was brought to me by my partner, Al Bravo. Um, and at that time, it was a very simple, just a one location, small cast home invasion movie that was going to be just like a thriller, no action, nothing. And then as time went on, and then once we also had Michael on board, um, we kind of developed it to be a little bigger and um, broadened it up to be what it is. And it went through multiple title changes. So it was a work in progress for several months. And then once we knew what movie we were making, it kind of all fit in place uh, fairly quickly. That's pretty awesome. So I know you got some other movies coming out and that I was sitting here looking at. You want to tell us a little bit about what's coming up in the future? Yeah, I have... Um, Quite a few horror movies I produced and um, I directed some things here and there. But one of the movies I'm very excited about that I just finished a rap shooting last week. Uh, it's called Mojave Diamonds. That's a full action film and it has some great um, uh, MMA fighters uh, and ex-UFC champs. Uh, uh, Cowboy Cerrone, Chael Sonnen, 
Rampage Jackson, Weston Cage, to name a few. Um, and it's a very exciting story. Uh, I wrote the script. I directed. I'm one of the producers. It's actually a lot of the same people and team from The Commando. And um, it's just uh, one of those films that you know you have something special. And, and we all knew that as we were shooting. And we just wrapped up. And so now it's in post. Um, should be coming out later, I think, end of this year. And then I have another film, MR9, that I'm getting ready to prep uh, to shoot later on um, in a few months. And that one's another, you know, big action spy thriller. Um, so I've been kind of focusing a lot more now on action movies, especially directing and writing. And, and I've been producing a lot. We've got a horror film that I'm producing coming up pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, just um, keep a lookout for a lot of the content that I'm producing. Uh, I think we got some very exciting stuff. And of all genres, I'm, that's one of the things I'm proud um, of being able to do and very blessed to be able to work in multiple different genres and not just action. I, I love doing horror, comedy, you know, action. All. all the good stuff. Okay. So what would you tell aspiring um, either actor or somebody who wants to be a producer um, you know, because obviously it's not easy. It's tough, right? It takes time to get to this point. Um, what advice What advice would you give them? Um, like one of the things, like I was saying earlier, patience is a virtue for sure. And then the other thing I learned was that you can't really dwell on the past or something that you don't have control over. You have to kind of be able to learn from it and gather, you know, the knowledge and pick up the pieces and move on to the next thing. Um, you know, if you dwell on a, a project that just didn't go the way you planned or a role that you didn't, you know, get at the time, then you're only going to be, you know, closing your own doors that could possibly lead to other opportunities. So don't block those, you know, by just dwelling in the past. You should just kind of try to move on. I know sometimes it can be hard, um, but just you know, forget what you can't change, move on. I know take two can always be better. We, we think that even as directors watching our own work, we're like, oh man, I wish I had another take of that or I wish we could have done that differently. You're always going to think like that. You're always going to dwell on it. But, you know, if you move on, other doors will open and sometimes things will work out for the better. You know, like we say, uh, everything happens for a reason. And in hindsight, at the end of the day, if you keep a positive mind and your head up, move forward, it will work out. What do you think one of the biggest challenges that you've come across, like, and you had to overcome? Um, one, I, I would say, you know, I did a movie uh, several years ago where things didn't go exactly the way I wanted. And, and you know, um, uh, it, it, I just wasn't happy with it. A lot of things went wrong. And that's sometimes uh, a good thing in our journey because we, uh, excuse me, my dogs, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, it's just uh, sometimes you have to know that you have to go through the bad to be able to also learn to better yourself and, and move forward. And so I've had an experience like that where like anything and everything you can think of went wrong. But um, I was able to get past that as soon as I took that advice from someone who told me, you know what, you can't dwell on it, just move on. And as soon as I started moving on, I started, you know, getting bigger, better opportunities that just, you know, made that time 
worthwhile to go through and struggle and, you know, better myself. So uh, I would say that was a challenging time, but if you can get past times like that, um, you can pretty much, you know, achieve anything. That's awesome. Anything else you want to add on your um, the Commando movie or anything else you want to talk about on that? Um, anything else? Yeah, I would just say, you know, uh, go into it with an open mind. And I think people will enjoy it if they really pay attention to uh, the story and, and the message that we're trying to convey in there. And that's that, you know, you're never too tough or big to seek help if you're going through PTSD or any kind of illness. And, uh, you know, uh, be open to discussing with your family and, and just uh, seek help because it could lead to a lot of uh, destruction. You know, people go into, uh, you know, suicide and get into drug addictions and hurting you know themselves or their families and there's no need for that if you at least understand that there is help yeah i i was in the military as an army and so i know quite a few thank people you for your service thank you and i know quite a few people that have gone through it and have gotten it and it's tough and a lot of times honestly they sometimes though they don't know they have it or they don't want to admit that they have it and there's trigger points, yeah, right? And, so and, it, yeah, it's you know, and so like you know, they they it's hard for them to understand, but like it's definitely there, and it's it's definitely sad. So I'm glad you're bringing a point to it to help people and you know show what there is. So because I think we do need more intention on it. Absolutely, and and that's the one thing I think uh, we were all kind of proud of that uh, you know when we were making it was that. Sure. I mean, we could have made it a full-blown action movie and made it badass with this character, but at the same time, we wanted to put focus on that. Even if you're a hero, you have, you know, flaws, and you can be vulnerable to things like this that you can't really control. But, but you can, uh, you know, some way get help um, to try to control. Um, and and a lot of you know big action fans that or fans of Michael Jai White and stuff, they might go into it thinking they want to see all the martial arts and stuff, which is fine. And there's other movies for that. But my goal is to try to keep in touch with reality as well, as much as possible through my work and my content to where people can relate. And even if there's one person that can watch this movie that's dealing with this, that says, you know what, maybe I can get help. And they find a solution. I think we've done our job out of millions. Even if there's one person we can save by just thinking about it, um, that's all we, we want to do is to just entertain people and be able to send a message that could even help one person and keep the chain going. That's awesome. All right, well, I appreciate it. Anything else you want to add for today? Um, I think that's about it. I mean, just, you know, you can find my stuff on my IMDb social media. I'm very you know, interactive with people. So if you want to reach out, Facebook, Instagram, um, and then, you know, just uh, uh, watch the movie, rate it on IMDb, Amazon, wherever you can, and, and just give us uh, the truth and share your opinions. It always helps. The feedback does help. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you're a busy guy, so we'll let you go, and, and um, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right.